The Grow Kinder podcast features conversations with thought leaders in education, business, tech, and the arts, who all share one thing in common, a dedication to growing kinder in their work and lives, and helping others do the same. Brought to you by Committee for Children. Today, we're talking to Maya Anista Smith, Executive Director of Lady Gaga's Born This Way Foundation. We asked her about joining the foundation when she was nine months pregnant, her first meeting with founders Lady Gaga and Cynthia Germanata, and the power of young people to make change. Here are your hosts, Mia and Andrea. Hey, Maya. Hey. Hey, this is Mia. Hey, this is Maya. And this is Andrea. Thanks for joining us today. We're so excited to be talking to you today. Just, it's going to be great to hear from you. But in particular, I'm very excited you're joining us because, um, as you know, I was uh, part of the launch of the Born This Way Foundation back in, I'd like to say, 2012. I can't believe it's been that long, but it's so exciting to see what your organization has been doing and to hear more about it today. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for having me. Thank you for the incredible work that you do with the committee. And and excited to talk to someone who's been around for a little bit longer than I have, just a couple days. I I started right after the launch. Um, so excited to to be be in this conversation with you. Wonderful. Can you tell us how you decided to get started in nonprofit work? Yeah. So I think I think there's really two pivotal circumstances in my life that brought me to committing my life to building a kinder and braver world. Um, the first is that I am fortunate enough to be the daughter of Romanian immigrants. My parents immigrated to the United States a couple years before I was born, um, and they had this vision for for what democracy and choice and opportunity would look like for me and for my brother. And they gave up everything in Romania. My mom was a journalist and my dad was an architect and, and rebuilt their lives. Uh, and I had the great fortune of watching my parents really build towards and achieve the American dream. But I think even more than that, understanding the sacrifices that had been made for me to um, live in this country. And so I grew up with a real appreciation for community, for civics, for democracy. So I always knew I wanted to do something related to that. Um, And then fast forward, my first day of college was September 11th, 2001. Um, So I am one of the 80 million millennials whose lives or the start of our adulthood was rocked by the events of September 11th. And so I was going to school at the time in New Jersey um, and so those are the, the two pivotal moments of my life that led me to commit my life to nonprofit work, to community building. Um, and so I've been fortunate enough to get to do that as a career ever since I, I left Rutgers. Wow, that's so fortunate to be able to kind of build your career out, something that you're really passionate about. I would love to hear a little more about your connection with kindness. As you know, our podcast is called Grow Kinder. So here at Committee for Children, you know, we're really committed to helping kids grow kinder, helping people grow kinder, and especially through this lens of social and emotional learning. But I'd love to hear more about how you and Born This Way thinks about kindness and its importance in society. Yeah, that's a great question. And I think the the name of the podcast is so apt because I came to Born This Way Foundation when I was nine months pregnant with my first child. And so I was literally and hopefully growing kindness. Right? <laughs> um, and I think so much of how I look at our work is through the lens of becoming a mom as I became executive director of this organization. And I 
the first time I sat down with Cynthia and with Lady Gaga and heard about this vision that they had of building a kinder and braver world and having young people be at the center, I was like, yeah, that's, that's absolutely right. And that's what I've, what I think we need. And that's what um, I think will solve so many of the problems that we're facing. But the added personal layer of that was that I was, I had a human being inside of me, right. For whom I so urgently and desperately wanted the world to be kind. And so it felt really, um, really personal uh, as I endeavored to like find my next professional step. So this idea of growing kinder is literally why, why I do this work. And so for me, I really believe that young people were uniquely positioned to address some of the issues that our world is facing. This generation, which I'm proud enough to be a member of the millennial generation, we're the largest, most diverse generation in history. We have so many incredible assets and unique traits, and we're also facing serious and seemingly insurmountable challenges, the unemployment rates, the uh, increasing suicide rates, the, you know, burden of, of college debt, so many, so many crises, but we're meeting them with hope, hope and resilience and creativity. And so when Lady Gaga and Cynthia set forth a vision for a foundation that had young people at the center of all of the work that we do, I jumped at the chance to be able to build that with them. And the work of the foundation, um, our mission, as I mentioned, is to build a kinder and braver world. And we focus on that work in two key areas. The first is kindness, which we really look at look at as the proactive um, protective measures we can take. We can't stop the world from delivering the blows that it will to each of us, but what we can do is create community and connectivity and reduce isolation so that when the blows do come, we soften them a little bit. And then the second piece is the mental wellness piece. Um, This is an issue that's so personal to Lady Gaga, and if you've heard her speak, you know that this is something she um, she has experienced personally. But we really, really want to work to erase the stigma surrounding mental health. We want to validate the emotions of young people around the world, and we want to model and convene healthy conversations around mental health. So that's um, that's a little bit about the personal personal journey that brought me here and what we're doing at the foundation. That's amazing. And I think the connection between kinder and braver is very important because I I think kindness has been saddled with this softness, this sort of uh, weakness around it in many of our kind of public spaces and the way people talk about it, that it has become this sort of vague notion that uh, you can't put any strength behind. And one of the things we wanted to do in launching this Grow Kinder podcast is to talk about strength and kindness. And so I think connecting kindness and bravery and the sort of recognition of strength and vulnerability is uh, really resonant with us and hopefully with others, especially I love how you're connecting this with, you know, generationally. I think you and I are probably similar ages and have, well, I have an almost kindergartner. I think you have a kindergartner. And, Six-year-old yeah. and a three-and-a-half-year-old. Oh, so very close. I have a a five-year-old and an almost three-year-old. I think that you bring them to work with you every day is really important. And I'm also curious how you, what are you kind of learning at home with them and bringing back into the workplace? And what are you learning at work (laughs) that you're bringing back home? What are those connections like for you right now? Oh, this is like, and you know, having little kids, they are the most uh, heartbreaking and incredible mirror to yourself, right? They just really tell it to you how it is. Um, and I think one of the, uh, <laughs> my daughter's actually three and a half and she's gone to the manipulative 
stage of life where she <laughs> she told me last night she's like I want a cookie and I was like we're not gonna have cookies before dinner and she looks at me and she goes but you help people and I was like oh, oh that is good I do help people so um so she's gonna she's gonna be something <laughs> I know I'm just gonna tell you <laughs> oh my gosh um so they know like mom's job is to help people and it's you know, to be kind and to help other people be kind. And I think one of the most pivotal things that I've learned from my kids since I took this job, um, two years ago, December, we partnered with um, the Today Show and NBC to launch this incredible activation called Share Kindness. We've transformed the Today Store, which is at 30 Rock in New York City, into a free kindness space. Um, during the holiday season. So the entire month of December, we had tens of thousands of people coming in and out of the space. um, And we really wanted to just make kindness this accessible, uh, ubiquitous term in in the hectic holiday season of New York City. And we featured nonprofits. We wrote letters to deployed veterans. We decorated bags for kids' food basket. It was just a really incredible space. So I spent most of December um, in New York City. And at that point, I had a four-year-old and a one-year-old. And so on my last I was getting ready to fly to New York City for my last flight of the year. And Hunter said to me, um, Mom, does New York City, is New York City the only city that needs kindness? Or do other cities need kindness? And what I realized in that like cute, innocent question was that what he was watching me do is he was watching me talk about kindness. He was watching me leave to be kind, but we hadn't yet integrated it into our like everyday lives, right? We hadn't integrated it into his school community. We hadn't integrated it into our own like community service in our town right so Dave and I were both like professional helpers but we weren't bringing our kids along with it mm-hmm. and so so for for my husband and I both the past two years have been like an exploration of what does it look like to to not just talk about kindness but like to live it out in our everyday interactions in our marriage in our communities um, and so for Dave that has meant a little bit more political so he recently ran for city council but for me that's meant like really getting involved with my kids in their schools. And so one of my favorite campaigns, which I'm happy to talk about now or we can talk about later, is the the Be Kind 21 campaign, which was one of the most successful campaigns for Born This Way Foundation, but that really had its start at Spring Hill Elementary School, right, at my kids' elementary school. So that that's one of the, the key learnings that I've had about the importance of not just talking about kindness, right, but but doing something uh, to improve the lives of the people around you in a way that um, includes the people you care most about. Well, it sounds like you're just really um, bringing the concept into focus, both in you know your life and your communities and your modeling for your kids. And I think one of the things that is maybe a new way to think about kindness for people is this idea that it's not just like innate necessarily, like it's just something sort of like, uh, oh, a character trait, like some people are nicer than other people, but that it's an intentional act. And beyond that, it can be taught and it can be practiced and it can be improved. I'm, I'm just curious about the yours and, and the foundation's sort of thoughts about that. And, and then, yeah, and then how that's kind of um, incorporated into the Be Kind 21. Yeah, I mean, kindness, we really think about it as like a muscle, right? It's like Mm -hmm. a habit, a practice, a discipline. Um, I really do think, and you guys, you're the experts on the children, but like watching both of my kids, it's, it's sort of innate, right? It's, they're born with it until, until something happens, right? And they, for the first time, experience unkindness and that's just like the most devastating experience as a mom right but Mm -hmm. but the kids have this 
this innate and like effervescent like sense of kindness and it's just incredible to watch as a parent um so this actually is what led to the the creation of be kind 21 so I, you're probably experiencing it right now but last summer um my husband my son was about to start kindergarten and i was just like an emotional mess i'd come to staff meetings all summer and i'd be like guys like i'm just gonna cry because my son's starting kindergarten and like to me that just equated like college it was gonna all <laughs> oh, i'm so there with you i <laughs> i just told my son the other day that i wanted him to know that if he wanted to live with me forever i would convert the basement and make it possible <laughs> oh yeah, no. My my son doesn't know he has a choice other than to live with me forever. Right. But uh, so I hope he doesn't. We'll, we'll just see fun. how you feel when he's eight. That's uh, <laughs> totally. Just so he was starting kindergarten, and he'd been in this incredible like Montessori bubble for the first five years mm. of his life, and it was a, a beautiful place. And this was just like he was the the new kid at this big school going up to fifth grade, and so we talked a lot about what does it mean to make new friends, what does it mean to be in a new classroom, what does it mean to like sit with people at lunch. Um, and so I used to talk to Cynthia, Cynthia Germanata, who co-founded Born This Way with Lady Gaga. Um, it's her mom and who's one of the most um, incredible people I've ever met and, and a, a personal and professional mentor to me. So she and I, uh, I would talk to her and I'd say, you know, I'd, I'd ask her if it was going to be okay. And she'd assure me it was. And so as she was listening to my worries, she said, I bet there's other parents in this country in this world who are having the same sort of emotions that you are and who are having the same conversations with their kids as they start school. And so what if we took this this idea that you have about building kind communities for Hunter's school and made it a campaign? And so from these like dinner table conversations that Hunter and I were having, we built Be Kind 21, which was a 21-day habit-forming calendar for parents, teachers, and students. Um, to to start the first 21 days of school in, in a kind way and really work to create a habit and a practice and a culture of kindness. So the kids' um, activities were like picking up trash, saying hi to a new friend. Parents' activities were donating to a local nonprofit or sitting down and reading a book to your kids. Um, so it was this really simple way to sustain kindness so that it wasn't this like one-time transactional thing. And so from this calendar and this campaign that we built at Spring Hill, the foundation launched this nationally, and we had 440,000 people participate in the Be Kind 21 Challenge that resulted in over 8 million acts of kindness in those three weeks. And so for me, personally, it was absolutely overwhelming. Um, you know, as parents, what we do is we use every resource that we have access to to support our kids thriving. And it was just this incredible realization to to, to say I'm not alone and that if I, you know, I have born this way and I have the megaphone of Lady Gaga to, to have these conversations, not just with my own kids, but kids all over the world. And so Be Kind 21 is, is one of the campaigns, obviously for personal reasons, that means the most to me, but that, that I'm proudest of at Born This Way as well. So Maya, if people are interested in doing a, a three-week Be Kind 21 um, campaign in their own schools, is that something that's still available? Is there a framework for that on your website that they could access? Yeah, so you can visit bornthisway.foundation to read more about Be Kind 21, but it's not even something, certainly we welcome you to do it with us, and we're going to do it again for the 2019-2020 school year starting in, in August, and so definitely check out Born This Way Foundation. Um, and, and follow us on social media to learn more about that. But I'd say, like, start tomorrow, start Monday. Like, it doesn't need to be this complicated, um, 
curriculum. It's just thinking about how kindness works best in the environment that you're in. And as you guys know, like it's schools, it's workplaces, it's homes, it's online. The need for kindness is just, um, it's overwhelming. And so uh, encourage people to join us when we do it, but also do their own. I'm I'm interested in the workplace piece of that because I think it, we get asked this quite a lot at Committee for Children as um, folks who focus on social emotional learning. You know, how do you walk that talk in your daily life at work and with your colleagues? Um, so, what is it like at Born This Way? How does that come into practice or into play there? Oh, so you'd have to ask you have to ask our team. But I, I think I mean I think. Um, the tone gets set at the top, right? So Cynthia and Lady Gaga are just so invested, um, not only in the impact of the foundation, but in the personal success of the people that work here. And that that comes across in, in simple ways, like, you know, <laughs> my, my preferred method of self-care is taking a nap, right? Could you imagine like most workplaces where you could say, I actually need to take a nap because I've had a board meeting this week, I've had a bunch of grants write, and it's been a really rough week, and so I just need to re-energize for a minute before I continue this work. You you can't often do that or to say, hey, like I'm actually feeling really depressed today, I'm gonna take a mental health day. Um, and Born This Way is cultivated as a type of culture where we have those conversations with one another. We also routinely, which I would encourage to everyone, um, engage in service projects together and, and in community visits. So our whole team's going to be in Las Vegas um, next week. And so we're spending a day serving alongside some incredible local Las Vegas organizations because we don't want to just talk about, you know, the work that's happening in Las Vegas. We want to be part of it. Um, so those are two of the ways I think kindness is manifesting and born this way. And there's a ton more um, from my like obsession with writing thank you cards and like telling people, you know, what an awesome job they're doing to our incredible Starbucks budget because we can't stop buying Starbucks for the people behind us in line. <laughs> and that gets a little bit out of control. Um, but but the, the idea of kindness in the workplace is something that's really important and has such important impacts, not only on the employees, but the employers as well. So we partnered with the Chamber of Commerce Foundation a year and a half ago, and we did a study called The Business of Kindness to understand the internal and external benefits of kindness in the workforce. So employees that um, identified as having a, a, work, a kind workplace or a kind boss, they reduced uh, absenteeism. The churn rates for employees went down. There were all sorts of real metrics that kindness brought about in the workforce and the Chamber of Commerce Foundation is digging into that and understanding what that, what that means. But kindness isn't this, it's not something we're just talking to kindergartners about, right? And it's not something you perfect when you get into the workplace. It's something that we need to continue to, to practice and continue to develop. Yeah, we always talk about, you know, the social emotional skills as, uh, you know, a lifelong learning pursuit. You know, mm -hmm. it's not like, oh, there we go. I right. am You're done I, I was so perfect in all of my social and emotional <laughs> <good> now. <laughs> interactions yeah. today. Yeah, well, it sounds like um, at, at the Born This Way Foundation, you are all really working hard on, on walking the talk, which is amazing. And to your point about Cynthia being a great mentor to you, we're also curious and we, we ask people to think about other adults in their lives, you know, as they were growing up, who have had a positive influence on them. So can you 
think of in particular any teachers or other adults that you remember who really made a difference for you when you were growing up? Yeah, I think first just, and this may be the case with all first generation kids, but watching, watching my parents acclimate to this new world and like rebuild their lives. I think my mom in particular is like my biggest hero. Um, I also, one of my favorite um, teachers that really helped cultivate my love for community and for democracy was um, a civics teacher I had in high school named Mr. Campbell. And so I was in high school during the Florida recount um, of the presidential election. And I remember for like weeks, he just let us watch TV. And we weren't watching TV, right? We were like watching history. And so he, I remember him talking about how he can like tell us about history, right? Or we'll be able to like read it later, or we could take this moment to understand that we're living in history. And that regardless of, you know, our ages or what we were like, what tests we were supposed to be taking, that this moment when America like made a decision and we watched our democratic processes unfold that was such an incredible and he in general was just an amazing teacher and so mr campbell was made a great impact on my life and then i I really can't say enough about the relationship that i have with cynthia i think she and i have been together for almost seven years now and to have the opportunity to learn how to become a leader um, and a mom right because she and I first met when I was nine months pregnant. Now, two kids later, um, you know, sh- she helps me when my daughter wants me to dye her hair pink or when, mm-hmm. you know, when my son has like play dates where I drop him off for the first time. Just a couple nights ago, I asked her, I was like, will the laundry ever end? Um, and so yeah. her influence in my life extends much beyond um, her being my boss. And so I think she's, in my adult life, she's uh, definitely had the, the most. Um, impact on me. Yeah, I know that uh, I can remember when I had young kids, like having those people in my life who had kids that were either a little older or who I could look at and go, okay, your kids are great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How did you do that? It was so important. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and I think, you know, uh, everybody knows who Lady Gaga is in the world and the brave, vulnerable, creative, genius voice that she is. And I think um, when you meet Cynthia and when you meet Joe or her husband, and when you meet Lady Gaga's sister, Natalie, you realize that it really is a family, an incredible family that has at the center of their interactions and beliefs about the world, this idea of kindness and inclusivity. And so it's just been an incredible thing to watch as Dave and I have built our own family. And I I can't say enough about how kindness isn't something you you just can talk about, right? It's something in the good days, the hard days, you just have to really practice and commit to. I think that family has uh, a lot to do. Of course, all the structures around kids that support them and their mm-hmm. growth are so important. And, and I know the Born This Way Foundation is approaching its mission from many different directions. And something you spoke about earlier really, you know, kind of hit home for me because you were talking about being able to take a mental health day. When I was a child, my mother wholeheartedly believed in mental health days and would call into my school and say, she's taking a mental health day (laughs) and would actually, um, you know, keep me home if it seemed like there, you know, I was struggling. And a big part of the Born This Way Foundation's mission is to eliminate stigma around mental health. And I want to kind of talk to you a little bit about why you think that's there. I think, Mia, you were you were mentioning that you recently saw um, a study about yeah. the increase in, in sort of mental health diagnoses. Yeah, I think it, it was um, 
put out by the World Health Organization talking about how in, by the year 2030 that depression is going to be the number one health issue for teens globally. And so, Absolutely. And I, I think that's, so we do a lot of work. We are partnered with the United for Global Mental Health Campaign. So we are taking our quest to erase stigma um, global and to make sure that people aren't alone and the campaign is having someone to turn to, right? Our goal is to ensure that everyone has someone to turn to by the year 2030 so that people don't feel alone without connection and, and, and isolated. Um, the young people that we talk to recognize that uh, mental health is a priority for them and for their peers. In a recent study that we did called Kind Communities, a bridge to mental wellness, more than 90% of the young people surveyed, ages 15 to 24, said that mental health was a priority, but less than half of them had any um, resources to turn to to have those conversations. So, that, so young people are saying like, yes, it's urgent. I'm dealing with it. My friends are dealing with it. We know people who are suffering or are facing challenges, but we don't have access to resources, access to tools, access to conversations that will allow us to support ourselves and each other. And so it's in that gap that Born This Way wants to exist and connect young people with resources and services that support their mental wellness so that they, A, survive their lives and then be thrive right and and that they go are able to to not be alone and access help if they need it and then build communities we were talking about the workplace build communities that understand and prioritize and foster mental wellness that don't just talk about it in times of crisis but but really proactively understand that physical health and mental health go hand in hand we did this this past fall in October, we did this incredible partnership with SoulCycle. And so I'm obsessed with SoulCycle so all the time. But one of the coolest things, you know, SoulCycle, they have this incredible like energy in the class, right? And then they talk about like how the energy that you bring to the class is the energy you bring to your day, the energy that you bring to your world, right? And so for the month of October, in every single class around the country, SoulCycle instructors would talk about the connection between taking care of your body and taking care of your mind, right? And so I remember at the beginning of October, you'd sort of like look around the room as the instructors were talking about the connection between physical and mental wellness. And there were people who were really for the first time hearing about this, like hearing, being in a safe space with other people where they were being given permission to take care of their mental health. And that by the end of October, right, people would be like hooting and hollering in my soul cycle classes, being like, yeah, you're right, like mental health, physical health. And so we're looking for ways like a partnership with soul cycle, like the work that we do, like the research and the conversations we have with young people where we really transform the stigma around mental health, connect people with resources and make sure that people are as proactive about their mental health as they are about their physical health. That's so cool. You know, it sounds like you are thinking about really creative and innovative ways to integrate new ways for people to think about their mental health alongside their physical health or in different different areas of their lives. And I'm I'm curious because you brought up tools and resources and especially because People don't even know sometimes that they're out there. And um, my role at Committee for Children is the VP of Innovation. And so I'm really curious, uh, from your perspective, what are some of the most innovative tools or resources? Like when, if someone that you knew personally came to you and said, I'm just really struggling with, uh, with issues, where would you send them? 
it's a great question and and everybody should should have their like go to answers because everyone's going to meet someone who needs some help or you yourself are going to need some help so this my favorite resources change on like a daily basis depending on what kind of mood I'm in today sure. <laughs> my favorite resources I'm obsessed with this one right now called the find your anchor box it's at FYA box or at find your anchor it's incredible so it's this young woman who attempted suicide four times, I believe. And so she, she wanted to, to stop feeling the way that she did. And she wanted to make sure that other people didn't feel the way that she did. And so she created these, these kits, these personalized kits. They're called Find Your Anchor Boxes. And you can request them for yourself or you can send them to a friend and they're totally free. And they come with, like mine came with um, a box, um, 52 playing cards. And the playing cards were customized and it's 52 reasons to live. And there's this bracelet that said, you are loved. And there's this note, like a personalized note with my name. And so this is just one example of the many ways young people are solving the issues that they're facing, right? So this young woman has experienced such trauma herself and has gone through this and has had such personal experiences with it. She's still able to think of others and say, this is what could help someone else avoid the feelings that I'm having. So I like keep salt. I keep ordering these find your anchor boxes, keeping them in my purses. And when I have an interaction with someone, when I meet someone who's having a rough time, like giving them out. And so I just wrote a blog on born this way foundation um, blog about last week when I gave out the last find your anchor box that I had. So I need to order some more. So find your anchor box is one of my favorites. And then I know you guys work with them closely, but we are huge fans of um, the work of the national council on behavioral health and particularly their mental health first aid. They too were involved in the launch of the foundation and our work with the born brave bus in the beginning. And they're, Mental Health First Aid Program um, really helps people change the um, conversation around mental health, understand the terms, understand how to de-escalate situations. And when we were on the Joanne World Tour last year, we trained more than 150,000 people in mental health first aid in the various cities of Lady Gaga's tour. So those are just two of my favorite resources, but born this way dot foundation, which is our website, has a whole host of other resources that you can check out. Wow, that is so cool. And uh, find your anchor box. You can leave it in your purse. That sounds Absolutely great. Awesome. I'm going to get some of those. Yeah, you oh. guys should totally order. Yeah, <laughs> that sounds great. You, you mentioned earlier that um, your, one of your self-care tools uh, is naps. <laughs> and I know that doing this kind of work can, you know, be draining. You can um, run into people where it, it's such an enriching experience, but thinking about the trauma that they've experienced or connecting to it yourself can be very draining. Um, so I'm curious, you know, if you have other things that you do or tips that you have around self-care uh, along the way and making sure that your own, you know, well-being is a priority. Yeah, that's a great question. And I think that uh, it's applicable to anyone and everyone who does this work. So for me, I, I soul cycle. Um, <laughs> I am very rarely without my cell phone. And so the fact that SoulCycle is like one of those places where they don't allow cell phones in the studio and they clip you into your bike, like you literally can't leave without breaking your ankle, um, is really good for me because otherwise I would check my phone or pick up the pick up a call. So for me, it's like just zoning out. And I, I have to tell you, like sometimes I cry when I'm working out. Like sometimes I 
because you can't, you have to hold a lot of emotion, right? When you're hearing the stories, because it's not about, it's not about me, right? Like today I was, I was talking, I met this incredible young boy um, from Las Vegas named Kyler and he was 13 years old and he was, he and his family are homeless and they live in an emergency shelter and he was going to school and the, the kids at school were making fun of him because he, because of his shoes, for whatever reason, kids make fun of him. And in the classroom, he was stabbed, right? So this 13-year-old boy in his classroom stabbed. Wow. They punctured his hemothorax and um, he was in the hospital for a really long time. And when he was able to finally see visitors, uh, one of his friends from school brought him a new pair of Jordans, a new pair of sneakers, thinking that then he wouldn't get made fun of for his shoes anymore. And so Kyler took those pair of Jordans and the happiness that he felt for the first time um, after the incident uh, and receiving those Jordans. And now he's built this organization called Kyler's Kicks. He's collected more than 5,200 shoes for homeless men, women, and children in Las Vegas. And this is like collecting these shoes, cleaning these shoes, organizing the shoes is how he handles his own PTSD from from the stabbing. And so I'm in Las Vegas two weeks ago, sitting across from him and his family hearing the story, right? And like, I have to like listen to it and I have to hold it and I have to really, really like think about how I can take this story and, and share it to make a difference in the world. And so I, I come home, I got back to the hotel and my husband was like, how are you? And I was like, I am wrecked. Like I am, I'm, I, I, there's no other word for it other than I'm wrecked. And he instantly, as husbands sometimes do, he got into like the fixing mode, right? He's like, how can I fix this? And so I, I said to him, I was like, no, actually, like staying wrecked, right? Staying in this feeling is where something like really incredible is going to come from. So I don't, I don't want you to make me feel better because until Kyler and everybody like Kyler can feel better, like I want to feel like this because I want to have the like fierce urgency of this devastation to like fuel my work. And so for me, I don't, I don't try and like get out of it. I don't try and stop those emotions. I actually feel like those emotions are, are when I am most of use to the world when I feel like that. Um, but the two things that, that help me sort of continue to hold those emotions are napping, which I do unapologetically. Um, <laughs> and my, my six, my six and a half year old still naps because he like doesn't know he shouldn't. He thinks like, He's going to be 35 now. Right. You nap forever. <laughs> um, and, and, then, and then working out. Um, those, I think, are the two things. And then I love, I can't believe, as I imagine is probably the case for both of you, I can't imagine that I get paid to do this work. Um, and so that's very, very healing and therapeutic for me as well to get to do this. Yeah. I think that's a really interesting um, take on things because often you hear, you know, leave it at work. Don't bring it home with you. And I think what you're saying is, no, you can't you can't leave it. You have to live in it to do the work. Yeah. And you also have to to manage that for yourself and make sure that you have the right the right sort of um, outlets and things to help you be successful. But to use those experience and the the injustice and the trauma and everything and let it fuel you to make big positive change. So I think that's a really interesting take on it. Yeah. And I think, and I like, think the flip side of that is like, like, I'm so grateful, right? I'm so grateful for so mm -hmm. many things because I hear so much, right? right? Like we right. process checks, which is like one of the hardest things for me, right? When, when, um, when children die by suicide and in, and their parents say like in lieu of flowers, please make donations to born this way. And I read the, eulogies 
of kids, right? Like that is the most devastating thing. And the metric for our success, like I'm never going to know the people who didn't die by suicide, right? I'm only going to know that they did, but like the stories and the passion and the personal relationships are what keeps you, you going. So it's, it, it makes you so, uh, so grateful for the hard days, the easy days, the good days, the bad days. You just, I don't, I don't really have much to complain about. Yeah. We sometimes talk about the work is like, you just can't not do it. Right. Like yeah. we just, yeah. you know. Yeah. And I think it influences, you know, it influences all aspects of your life and you do feel very grateful and it can, you know, uh, as opposed to having, struggles at home because you're worried about your own children, you sometimes can translate this into, well, here are the things I need to do for my children and and understanding that that tantrum over that piece of candy isn't the end of the world and that that your kids also need kindness and help around totally. that as a parent. I, I think, think there's, the that, yeah. yeah. I think you're totally right. That The parent, the flip side of that, that if you figured out, I would love to hear, is that because you can't stop doing it, Right, what it looks like to a six-year-old or a three-year-old yeah. is that you're gone a lot. You're doing it for you everybody know? else. Yeah. Um, yes. Yeah. Yep. Yep. <laughs> oh, I I have not figured that out. <laughs> we'll have to talk later. I yeah. I could um you know what I, my son and I did have this conversation just the other evening of like why do you go on these work trips and I say well we're you know we want to help teachers we want to help schools we want to help families we want to help kids and you know yeah. he was sort of like but you're mine <laughs> you know like why do those other kids get you know get that and that is a hard conversation so let's let's chat another time about that for sure (laughs) well Maya one of the other questions that that we're asking our guests is to think about one act of kindness that you've witnessed or took part in in the last week and of course from this conversation that we've been having with you it might be very difficult for you to sort through all of those because I know you meet a lot of people every week but if you can think back over the last week or so is there something that kind of stands out to you uh, as noteworthy? Right before we got on this call I picked up my son early from school and said you know my mommy has an interview but then like after mommy's done we're going to hang out And we're like in the pickup line. And one of the other moms says to me, I was picking up my son who's in school with his, with my son. They're, they're in the same class. And she said, and I came into like the playground a weird way. So I snuck up behind them. And I just wanted to let you know that I saw, like when I came into the playground, I saw Hunter tying Henry's shoes, right? So Henry didn't, doesn't yet know how to tie his shoes. And so I saw Hunter like bent down tying his shoes and I just wanted to like tell you that I saw that, tell you that your son did that and just like thank you for that kindness. And so maybe it's just like being in the like mom mode, but that that just meant so much to me because, you know, when you know people are watching, it's a little bit easier to be kind. But when you have those moments where like you don't have to help and still you do, that's like one of the one of the proudest moments. So when we're off the off of this interview, I tell Hunter what an awesome job he did. But that's just that was so far my favorite act of kindness this week. Oh, that's so fun. I had a parent sort of give me a nice nod and a you're doing okay mouthing the other day when my younger child was having a total meltdown in the middle of the street, uh, very streetcar named Desire screaming for cake. 
<laughs> and the woman just looked at me very calmly and smiled and gave a nod and and actually mouthed, it's okay to me. And I thought, yeah. what a like what a difference that made. It took her two seconds to do it. Mm-hmm. We have appreciated so much everything you've shared with us over the course of our time together. And we wanted to just ask a couple of questions here as we as we come to the end, um, one is, what is one thing that you want people to know about the work that you do that might not be immediately obvious? That's a great question. I think one of the fav- my favorite things that Lady Gaga always talks about is that no matter what, how big a star you are, how many Twitter followers you have, like this isn't a problem or a culture that we alone can build, right? So if you're listening to this interview and you're like, I'm so glad like Born This Way Foundation and Maya, like they've got that kindness thing, like we don't. And we need every single person to also get that kindness thing and have those awkward conversations about mental health and start changing the culture around it. So we need absolutely every single person um, to be involved and there's a role for everyone. So we'd love to welcome them into Born This Way Foundation. Um, So that's, that's, I think, one of the biggest things is that this this kinder and braver world takes all of us. Um, and so if you haven't yet been invited into building it, then let this be the invitation. And we would love to have you and, and with the foundation in whatever way you do it in your community, in your workplace, in your home. Um, it's going to take all of us. And can you one more time just uh, tell us where people can find you? So it's bornthisway.foundation is our website. Great. And then it's on all of the social medias as well. Our email is info at bornthisway.foundation. Great. Is there anything else that, you know, we forgot to ask you, something that you think should be shared? I mean, I feel like we could talk for hours. I definitely could keep going. I encourage people to check out uh, Mental Health First Aid uh, and get trained if you haven't been trained. And I'm I'm just really excited for all that the foundation has planned in 2019. And and excited to continue this conversation. And, and again, so grateful for the work of the committee. And, and thank you for inviting me to participate tonight. Maya, thank you so much for being with us. And we're, we're so happy to hear about all the successes that you're having at the Born This Way Foundation and um, the incredible work that you've been doing since launch. And we're really excited to be in connection with you and to support you in whatever ways we can here. Yes. And also, if we could, we would continue this conversation indefinitely because there feels like so much connection in the work that we're doing. So um, thank you for making this easy on us and in the early days of podcastery for us. I know. And we want you to come up and visit us. Yes, you should come Come here here and visit us in (laughs) Seattle. Oh, my gosh. I would love to. In case it's not evident, I'd like to hear myself talk. So. (laughs) something we all have in common there's so much in common here (laughs) and and you can do a play date you're gonna fit in yeah (laughs) Yeah, awesome well thank you thank you both so much for the opportunity and i look forward to connecting again in person soon likewise thank you have a good evening okay bye-bye bye maya anista smith is the executive director of the born this way foundation you can check out their work at bornthisway.foundation and follow maya on social media all of the links can be found at growkinderpodcast.org. Hear more episodes at growkinderpodcast.org and subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher.